find yourself saying, I love interior peace with Kiana Rose. <laughs> oh, I love you too, Rosebud. Please consider rating the show. This helps me support more people just like you create a home that is luxurious, peaceful, and fun. Search for interior peace on the Apple podcast, scroll to the bottom, tap to rate with five stars <laughs> and select write a review. Then let me know what you loved most about this episode. Thanks so much for listening. I can't wait to work with you. Hey, thanks so much for coming right on back, Rosebud. This is Interior Peace with Kiana Rose, and we are here for part two of our bonus interview with Crystal DeFeo. She's an amazing psychiatrist, counselor, and we're just having this fantastic conversation about Home Depot, which is really um, her amazing title for how to integrate our coping skills into our actual physical home space um, and how to do it elsewhere, outside, at work, and in driving, so everywhere. Um, we're going to talk in detail about how, what this looks like in your home and what it looks like when you try to fix it in ways that you don't know it's manifesting in your space. Um, our mental health issues, whether they are healthy or ingrained or come from nature, if you're working on it or not working on it, um, really do show up in our home. And we're in our homes every single day, all day long. It affects how we think, how we treat other people. Um, it affects how we eat, how we sleep, our time management. So it's very important that we are self-aware, as Crystal has told us. And um, we try to find even little small ways to fix this in our home space. So let's dive into part two of our bonus interview with Crystal DeFeo. Thanks so much for coming back. Okay, so now we're going to get into the meat of why we're really, really here um, we know kind of how these things manifest in our relationships and our in our day to day life. I want to talk about specifically in our home, like not even just like your mental health, but like physically. I have struggled with um, hoarding. Like I've been there. It's an issue that I don't even understand. I feel like I'm a highly logical person with a highly illogical problem. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. And I don't mean hoarding in the sense where my closet's messy. I mean for real. <laughs> just like hoarding is a terrible problem and if we're in our own home and we're experiencing like actual physical manifestations of our mental health issues um and, and i think those just like we've said before they make everything worse yep. you might not be aware of it but it's making it worse even though you're not trying to do that and i just want to know in your lifetime of counseling like what types of home manifestations have you seen your patients kind of deal with or yeah um, so hoarding is a big one that believe it or not is a form of an addiction mm. and it's an attachment to things. Definitely. So I don't, I, it's very extreme when we watch shows, a lot of shows are not really real life, but when you see, when you think of hoarding, like there's all kinds of types of hoarding. It could be animals. It could be clothes, um, collectible items. So again, a I'm, how about I sh how about I share an example and then what what helps it? Okay. But I don't want to just throw a bunch of negative. Um, okay. So something that you often see, those shows conclude with removing and cleaning space, and people they ball their eyes out. They have an emotional attachment to a lot of things that have a lot of meaning, and we're like, why is that so important to you? Like that's gross or that's irrelevant. Like, but it's it's deeper than that, which is fascinating. So we can get just as attached to things as we can to people. And 
So that's what I would say with that. Like you really need healing um, with, with that, if that is your issue and clearing space is essential because it does affect our, our mental health. Like it's like the picture, picture that space kind of as a metaphor for your mind. If your mind's mm-hmm. super clouded and disorganized and overwhelmed and crowded, you get nothing done and it's not going to affect anything in a positive way. So um, that's just step one. Like, okay, is it really an attachment thing? Do I have an emotional attachment? And then maybe I can get some counseling or mentorship or resources and then learn how to clear my space. Yeah. And the, what, what I don't like about the shows is basically they're doing it for the person, which won't work. And unless they figure out why exactly there, <laughs> but you notice they don't do that. You don't. You never hear them talk about that on never. there. Never. If you clean a hoarder's house, it will be hoarded <laughs> again. Yeah. <laughs> in like a year, because you didn't fix the actual pain. Exactly. And of course, like anything else, is for entertainment. So they want to glorify <laughs> the fact that somebody has a, a thousand cats, and that's all we're focused on. When in reality, it's like. This person has no relationships, like no, no social relationships outside of a pet. Not that they can't be the coolest companions ever. But if you think about that, like mm-hmm. speaking of other chemicals, uh, oxytocin, that, that like connection that we feel with other people, mm-hmm. we need that. Yes. Um, so when people lack that and then they only have non-human forms of connection, like that's not healthy. It might look cool, but it's not healthy. And then, then it would become an addiction. Because you're getting it from this source only. <laughs> and so you want exactly. more and more of that source. Exactly. Got to bring it around. Good job. See that? I learned some things today. <laughs> okay. So hoarding is a huge one. The other manifestation, as you call it. Well, there, I, I actually have five. So I'm, I'm just going to give you real life examples. Is that cool? Oh, yeah. I'll give you some of mine as well. Okay. Not for me personally, but as a designer, whatever I'm into. So... I'm going to stick to the senses because I feel like with your peace movement and being an interior designer, like your whole goal is to be very mindful of senses and Mm -hmm. sensory. So that's how I did this was examples of like the senses. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So for tasting, this quick segment is on like eating. Um, You are what you eat, as they say. And I have a whole segment on different foods for different moods Mm -hmm. and People, this is like literally a whole nother podcast, but it's almost like you are, you eat what you, or you become what you eat or you become what you drink type of thing. If I'm somebody who's constantly just drinking soda Mm -hmm. and doing drugs all day, like, can you imagine that person in the world? Like, I don't know if I'd be very productive. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to paint a picture of somebody. This is not anyone specific. It's just from a bunch of different examples. And you tell me how this would play out in the real world. So I have somebody who A, doesn't eat breakfast, which is, as they say, one of the most important, you know, meals of the day, um, wakes up, starts chain smoking right away, doesn't fill their belly up. Um, They're so sick, maybe from depression, anxiety, they pop a couple pills, maybe take a shot or two just to function and feel good. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's how I'm filling my belly. That's the taste portion. Um, you know, maybe I'm walking around my apartment and I have the, the news on, which mm-hmm. I don't know about news where you're from, but everything around here is about shootings every day. Do not. Just turn it off. <laughs> yeah. So I'm walking around chain smoking and I'm watching about 30 minutes of everything that's happening in Philadelphia. 
which is not good right now. Our city's definitely struggling. Um, but think about how many people, just it's a generational thing too. Boom, wake up, turn on the news. Yes. Right? Or we wake up and we watch porn. <clears throat> okay. So just, I'm just giving you examples here. Mm -hmm. All right? That's how we're starting our day. Okay. You're in your home, basically feeding your mind. <laughs> Unrealistic yep. occurrences and possibly disturbing imagery. Yeah, violent, sexual, um, but it feels good because we know what comes after that. So this is this is like real life, okay? Mm -hmm. um, so now I'm walking around, and if I have the energy, I might brush my teeth. Um, I might get dressed, mm -hmm. but I have responsibilities. Maybe I'm a father, right? Or I, I'm a accountant. I have people that expect something of me, the little that I have left in me. So I'm going to get my butt out eventually. Mm -hmm. But just think about, I'm just painting a picture. Um, because I don't have enough energy, my activities portion, this is kind of um, the doing part of the senses, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I have like taste, um, your vision. Mm -hmm. I will go over hearing and touching. Um, oh my God, what's the fifth sense that I'm missing? I'm missing a sense. I don't think you're missing taste and sight and hearing and hearing. Sex. Hearing. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So the, I did have doing on here, which is like activities. So I just have like, we don't have time to go to the gym. We don't have time to do yoga. If you like yoga, we don't have time to meditate. Like none of these things, mm -hmm. read our prayers. None of it. Mm -hmm. Instead, we're filling it up with all the above that I just mentioned. Um, the hearing could go hand in hand with the news. But let's just say I throw on some really ratchet, I don't mean to use the term ratchet, but really <laughs> negative rat music all about, I don't know, popping Xanax and <laughs> being a gangbanger, right? Mm -hmm. There's nothing positive coming out of that. And I listen to it for about, you know, hour I'm getting ready and then an hour on the way to, to work. Um, and then my last, um, maybe I don't have healthy relationships at home. I have no one to kiss goodbye when I walk out the door. Um, in fact, maybe, you know, maybe I have physical abuse. Mm -hmm. Maybe my kids run around and they say they hate me. I don't know. Um, or my husband's like, try not to come back till like, maybe. you know, 11 o'clock at night. I really don't, I don't want you to rush home. So it's the verbal abuse, the physical abuse. So you have this person and this is why I tell people it's so important to not only be self-aware, but never assume that, you know, somebody's story, because that is like the the very average case of somebody that I would work with. Um, and, and it by no means is like, Oh, I need to feel sorry for this person. You just have to have an empathy, just an understanding that, you know, you have this person that is surrounded by a, a lot of it by their own choice, maybe some of it not, but you have this person that has a entire environment or home space around them that is full and fueled of negativity. So they're not only taking that in, but then they project it out in the world every single day. And you times that, that just gave me chills, but you times that by all your neighbors, <laughs> <laughs> everybody with road rage driving past you. Right. And it's literally, it's like a spiraling chain yeah. reaction. Um, so that's, I, I know it's silly to give you examples like that, but now we can do the opposite. Like, what would that look like? You know, if we take the same person that's maybe been through the same things and then we do a little tweaking in the home and what that would do to their sensory, their mind, the way that they act with other people in the world. Um, so I'm going to pause right there. But I know that was a lot. I get it. I, I see it. 
I can I can see that as as an interior designer, you get really personal with people because I'm not there to, you know, put up pretty drapes for you. I want to understand what you do in this room, what you want this room to be, um, how this room affects you and your families and things like that. So I, I can see that. I've seen people, you know, they never open the curtains because they want privacy and they or they want quiet or they don't like the brick wall outside the window. So they don't get any sunlight. Yep. Um, that's huge. <laughs> they don't open the windows. And if you're you're tired and you're not getting any sleep or, or you're not eating enough, then that would also make you not want to go to the gym. That would make you not want to vacuum the floor. Um, yeah. And if you don't vacuum the floor, then all those skin cells and spores are going back into you. Your kid's asthma is worse. That the stress of having to deal with your sensitive family member allergies every single day is starting to stress you out even more. And you don't want to vacuum even more. <laughs> so like it, it feeds upon itself. Even yeah. with the little things in, in your home. Um, some of the other situations I've run into... Um, kind of sort of with the hoarding but you know when people think of hoarders they think of someone who is you know obsessively OCD level keeping coats um but quite often quite often when I go into a home that is experiencing some type of hoarding behavior be an older person who's taking care of someone they can mm. technically take care of um like a, an, an another elderly spouse or a, a child, a grandchild whose parents weren't able to take care of them. So they're trying to take care of their grandchild. Um, a, a family member who has a mental illness, but you know, like um, is a little bit slower or can't talk or can't move or things like that. And they're taking care of somebody that they don't actually have the mental and physical capacity or probably financial capacity to take care of. So their house has fallen into disrepair because mm. putting so much attention on that loved one that they care yep. so they're putting all of their life energy money time thought emotion into that person and not into their home not into their own body so i've seen that quite often that's huge so that piggybacks off of what we already mentioned the boundary thing um and time management too because i know the average person on top of being a parent and working full-time you know probably really that? isn't a messy person <laughs> Right. You know, like if they actually had the time, it would probably look like heaven in their house. But you make a great point. Time management and boundaries. Yeah, I've seen family members where, you know, maybe they were helping somebody out and that person does not have the same, you know, level of cleanliness that they do. <laughs> and so they're leaving things messy and you're trying to help them because you love them. But their mess is making you angry. And then spilling mm. over into the rest of your life, <laughs> into your relationships, into your job. And when you come back home, you're so angry. You don't even want to be around them or the rooms. Yeah. So, like, it's so easy to just fall into these cycles of not caring for our home um, because we have so much else going on. And when you stop caring for your home physically, those problems in your house start to feed back into your problems. I absolutely agree. Um, I know what I was going to say to piggyback off of this now. The one sense I was missing was smell. Mm. And I don't know how I missed that, but it's yeah, okay. Yeah, because that's my thing. I don't know why. How did I miss it too? <laughs> I'm, miss I'm missing one. I need a sixth one. There's six cents. 
Um, but it is smell. And I, it leads me to my next big word. I, I, I'm doing a part two of this. This is one of my favorite topics, triggers. So it's crazy. And so, so it goes back to the attachment piece a little bit, but different form of attachment. But a lot of our triggers, a lot of the things that we're triggered by, which could be people, places, and things, mm-hmm. it's a, a kind of like a chain effect where the people place their thing causes an associate, like an association happens between point A and point B. Like, mm-hmm. so I smell, I walk in my house, right. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to stay clean, but I smell weed or pot, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And then right in that moment, in like seconds, a matter of seconds, my brain goes from, I want that. Like, it's, the, it's not like get out of my house. It's like, I, I miss that. Or I, I, I know what that does. I know that feeling I'm going to get if I do it. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, the thought leads to a behavior and I'm, I'm smoking weed. Right. Yeah. So I just, I want to just throw that out there. It has a lot to do with the unhealthy behavior, but more so to do with your environment and how easily we are triggered. Not all triggers are negative. Right. Um, I call them happy triggers. We do have happy triggers. We need them. But just to be mindful of if I am super irritable, you know, or I am somebody who's trying to lose weight and there's freaking ice cream tubs in my fridge. Like that's a trigger. I'm sorry. Just please just don't buy it. That's the only way around it. That's the only thing I can do there. I'm saying this because there might be some people listening right now that need to do some massive home depoting Mm -hmm. in order to start seeing really, really good results to your mental health and just your overall soul. So I believe you. Like, I, I especially smell, like, which has been scientifically proven. Um, the trigger is so seriously biologically strong that you can just instantly put someone anywhere you want with a scent. As can can you give me an example of, aside from weed? <laughs> as soon as you smell that pickle in the, the now later inside of the pickle, <laughs> whatever you were doing doesn't matter. You are back in 1992. <laughs> yeah. So, like, <laughs> Triggers are huge, and I I have learned in my age to force my happy triggers. So I know, I know for a fact that if I listen to Janet Jackson, I will smile. I will be happy. I can be literally bawling my eyes out and still smiling while singing the song. She is going to trigger me into joy. There's no fail. It's never failed. I love that. <laughs> Find your happy triggers and and use them <laughs> like like use them like force them into your day like you know what I feel like this I'm gonna put up my happy blue poster that makes whatever it is put it in your world that this is part of how I design things put those happy things in your face <laughs> so that you can just force yourself into who you want to be and where you want to be. But also you don't have to do it alone. I would say like, now that I know that if I was like a friend or a companion of yours, like in your state and near you, if I saw you having a rough patch, like now that I know that I'm definitely going to have like Janet on replay. So make sure it is your duty. I repeat your duty to let people know what triggers you for the worse and for the better. So that may be you know, if, I, if I'm living with you, you know, and I know that if I smoke weed, I might put you in a place of relapse or that if I have the news on that I might not be helping your, I don't know, mm-hmm. your mental state right now. Like just being mindful of how to not watch everything you say, do and whatever, but yeah. 
I would like to know that if I'm in your life so that yeah. if you are having a, a rough time, I at least know that I can bring some joy. Yeah. Having, I, I, it's nice that you say that because I have noticed that about my husband. We've been together like 20 plus years. Um, he, he, he picked up on how to give me happy triggers before I picked up on how to give me happy triggers. That's amazing. So, like I hate exercising. I hate it. It's painful and stupid and uncomfortable and sweaty and gross. What he did to trick me was <laughs> he got me um, the Michael Jackson experience, you know, the little game where you yeah, sing, you got you get points for singing the words right. He got me this game, and my little fat self was just so excited to be dancing around the living room singing it. <laughs> and you were working out <laughs> that I didn't notice he had like tricked me into exercising. But once I realized it, I didn't care because it was still fun. So I love that. Like being able to like put your joy inside of your home is just epic. And and I think people need to find ways to do that. There's really cool, subtle ways to do that. If yes, even I if agree. it's just a color, you know, mm-hmm. you just love purple, put it somewhere. <laughs> so that every time you see it, it's like, oh, it's so pretty. Just that's all you have to do. <laughs> yes, I love that. I love the idea of helping people with their mental health. Um, in unexpected ways, um, putting those things into their life so that they can feel better. Um, I mean, I figured we are these beings who sometimes do things like whenever you ask a smoker, why do you smoke? They say it calms me down. I was like, it's got to be like at least 20 other options on earth <laughs> for you to pull from mm-hmm. calm you down that might not also give you cancer. So let's try to find them. We incorporate that into your world in a healthy way. Yeah. And then people think by making all these changes that you're going to be miserable and like live an awful, boring life. But that's not true. You just got to remember like what, like what she said, what gives you joy. And there's a, there's a few things like distracting yourself in a healthy way. If you don't have the option to eliminate everything around you, cause that's virtually impossible for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, but not staying in places for long periods of time. You know, if I go visit my grandma and everything there triggers me, like I don't have to stay for an hour. I can stay for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, just accepting that maybe you are highly sensitive or maybe you can't be around alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, acceptance, just delaying, like is another big one. Um, not putting off things, but de- delay just helps and that we don't have to jump to everything all the time you know it's Mm -hmm. okay to take deep breaths it's okay to take our time and then substitution like I know I'm going to be at this party maybe and I don't know maybe the music will like really throw me off or maybe my husband the only way he's in a good mood is if he's blasting rap in the morning (laughs) then maybe I can put some headbuds in right or maybe I can listen to my own my own music while that's happening so just ways to like substitute um you know maybe I want ice cream I'm so deprived. Maybe I'll do like a, a lesser calorie. I won't give it up completely. So there's just like these like little subtle things that yeah. we can do without giving up like everything. Yeah. The little things matter. You know, I grew up in the 80s where you set an alarm clock that wakes you up like eh, 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 eh. Me like, too. I'm an 80s baby. I don't know if you knew that. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> 80s babies unite. <laughs> it just startles you into anger. You just wake up mad because like you were literally stabbed in the brain <laughs> by a sound. And so I just like, what I did was I recorded my own voice <laughs> to 
saying things and then I turned that into my alarm clock and so it it became a little bit easier to to wake up um instead of some sort of jarring painful sound it was just yeah like, I like that using myself awake which was weird and probably narcissistic in a way but <laughs> I just think that little tiny changes um in your home can enhance your life in so many ways um I've had clients who you know they really love music and I was like well then let's do this let's literally put the speakers behind the drywall I love that <laughs> like infuse this this joy into your day like it's everywhere you can be wherever you want and you can hear the movie <laughs> so give yourself those things their permission to create like this paradise in your home and if you are in your house happy when you go outside, you're going to be a little bit happier than yeah. in your own home angry. <laughs> you know, I don't have too much more to say about this other than there's like a lot of darkness behind people's walls. Like not, not physical. Well, that too, like yeah. literal, literal darkness. Um, but I mean, like just that example that the picture that I painted, like you never know how other people are living or maybe it's not even by choice. It's by circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why, like, it's important just to be self-aware, as I already said. Um, but if you come across people, now you know. Like, if somebody's telling you, like, oh, my God, I have so much clutter. Or, you know, I'm, I'm getting verbally abused at home. Like, now, now you know. Like, okay, you could talk to this person. Or, you know what? I heard this. Maybe you could try that. So, like, none of this goes to waste. The more self-aware we are, the more we can help each other. And that's kind of the point. Okay. I somewhere in the beginning of the conversation you mentioned how can someone love someone else if they can't love themselves and I've seen this vein in our conversation a lot like if you are not kind enough to yourself to know that you sort of deserve better things that you don't have to deal with things that are upsetting you if you have that self-awareness and you know that cluttered closet irritates you every single time you look at it <laughs> love yourself enough to know that you don't deserve to have to see that little piece of pain every freaking day a little piece of pain I like that. <laughs> so like change it if you can if if you're in a, a, a situation where the people around you genuinely are harming you physically mentally emotionally or whatever it is um, you have to at some point get to a place where you love yourself enough to know that you don't deserve to have to deal with this pain every single day all the time and maybe try to find a way out of it. And I know there, there's a lot to deal with. Like mental health is just life. It's just the whole entirety of life. <laughs> so I know there's so many things and you can't just fix it once one tiny little song in the morning. But pay attention to the things that are causing you pain or discomfort or even slight irritation. And be like, what can I do to change this little thing? And see if you can fix it. Yeah, and that's the key word, change. And trust me, I'm not, um, I am not exempt from mental health just because I help people with mental health. Like, if anything, I feel like I endure a lot, not only for myself, but I take on a lot of people, you know, being an empath. Mm -hmm. I'm constantly praying for other people, helping doing things for free, like, just because I want people to just know, like, exactly what you said, like, little subtle changes are better than no change. Right. So I'm, I just said the whole exempt thing because it's like the idea like, oh, she's talking about all this, but like, doesn't she just have a perfect life? And it's like, no, I just know how to change my perspective now that I know these things mm-hmm. and how to behave or cope differently. 
which is why I, I help people do that. But other than that, I still have the same struggles. I mean, I have things that trigger the heck out of me here. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just like the constant like awareness. So you can just be on top of it every day. That's all. Um, so real quick, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes we do have self-awareness. You know, obviously yes. in the movies, the, the, the psychiatrist should be like, it's because your mother never hugged you. Like, <laughs> oh my God, I never. And so, <laughs> but like me, a lot of the time, I'm fully aware. I know exactly why. I know exactly what it looks like. And I still don't know how to fix it. <laughs> yeah. so, so I would love if you could just like take a, a minute to tell us about resistance. So it's like when you know that something's a problem, but you're still not doing anything about it. Like, I don't even know. I don't even know if I'm asking. I don't even know if I'm asking you why we're resisting or how we stop resisting. I don't know what I'm asking, but there. I get what you're asking. So there, there's two things. You're either not ready or you don't know how to, like, where to start. Those are literally the two things. So okay. um, one is if you are ready, then the next step is to, I, I wouldn't say go to therapy, but seek some kind of mentorship. And people, I don't have resources. Yes, you do. There are a lot of things free, a lot of my stuff included, that give you, like, a little light bulb to just take one step. So Mm -hmm. that's really what it's about. Just connecting with somebody who's already doing it and living it. Um, Maybe they are having a lot of joy in their life and you want that connect with them. Like connection is so important. I do that. And it's how we met. So definitely connection. I have yet to meet a happy person that doesn't have positive influences in their life. Like unless they're just some like genius robot person. Um, But I even have a mentor. So I'm really like big on telling people to, Seek it out. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wasn't huge on that earlier in my life. It took me a while to kind of conform to the idea of getting a mentor. But once I did it, um, I realized it is great. You should do it. <laughs> um, just from my own experience, it is really is quite helpful and encouraging and validating. So it's it's a really nice experience. Yeah. And to the first point of not being ready, like, then that's just timing, you know, there's a lot of things we all want in life. There's a lot of changes. It's just overwhelming for some people. And I just want to say, like, there's really no perfect time. Like, if you're thinking about it a lot and it's constantly heavy on your heart, just jump in. It's like, it's literally like having freezing ice cold water on a hot day. Like, eventually you just got to, like, do it. And then it's like, oh, my God, I'm so glad I did it. Oh, perfect. Um, okay. We're going to figure You're going to figure it. If you're not ready, just try to get ready. Find yourself a mentor who can help you and encourage you and show you books and movies and YouTubes that'll make you feel better. <laughs> okay. Yeah, not everyone's a good match, too. Like, you might try it and be like, oh, my God, they're awful. Why did I do this? Find somebody else. That's the thing about therapy, too. I've, I've told people, they're like, oh, I don't like anybody. I was like, you know what? Finding a therapist is literally searching for a best friend. A best friend. Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to just find that at the first person you run into. That happens occasionally, but... You might have to search. You might have to try a few people before you find the perfect person to help Facts, you. facts, facts, facts. Um, okay, so there's two more things I want to do. Um, yes. Number one, I want to talk all about you. Where can we find you? And, you know, like, what is your things? How can we give you money? How can we support you? What are you working on? All that sorts of stuff. And then the last thing I want to do is a lovely little exercise that you can help us with. Mm-hmm as a coping mechanism and give us some ideas on stuff like that. All right. So I do have a lot of different projects, but you can find me on social media at the true knees, um, the, and then T R U E true knees, M E S the true knees. 
Um, but I'm all over social media and I post my lives there. My website's uh, Um, But all my, like the lives that I do every month are to support mental health and recovery. I usually bring on an expert if I'm not an expert in the topic mm-hmm. to help support me. And we, were, we record them and I put them on my YouTube channel. Perfect. If you search my first and last name, the channel pops up. You can subscribe to that. Um, my podcast what name for us. What's that? Spell your name first. It's K R I K R I S T A L Crystal, and my last name's D E F as in Frank E O DeFeo. Okay. Um, but if you subscribe there, great. And if not, I all the um videos are stream. They stream not stream. Uh, get pulled into my website, and there's a segment on there called live appearances. So all my videos are in my website as well. Perfect. So you'll see topics such as like triggers, suicide, um, getting through the holidays, um, friendships, narcissism. I've, I've done a bunch and I'm still doing them. So oh, this is wonderful. My um, podcast aired yesterday. It's called the True Me Podcast. I have one episode on entrepreneurship so far, um, but I'm also looking for guests on that. If anybody's interested in kind of telling their story and sharing about that and other than that, I'm just getting plugged into like different speaking engagements in my community. And that's pretty much it. Um, don't you have like a, a group that you help? Um, is it like an I, indie group or something? Yeah, so, so I have I have two extra things I forgot. I have an um, online course called the True Me Online Course, which is what I built this whole program on. It's six weeks and it basically is my healing journey that targets uh, negative thinking and healthy coping. Mm-hmm. And I have a six-week um they're in six modules. And so it's converted into an ebook. Um, you can get it on Amazon, which is like a self-help journey for yourself and an easy read. It's about less than 70 pages, but again, it takes six weeks. And then I have the online version where it's me in real time, um, walking you through the whole course and checking in with you once a week. So there's like two different packages with that. And then my groups, um, I have private, private groups here and there that are Technically, I've been charging and then I'm not. Like, I'm just like, you know what? Just, yeah, get a Zoom link and hop on. So yesterday I did a men's group um, targeting, like, just everyday challenges that men face mm-hmm. in honor of World Suicide Prevention Month, which started yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of men on there talking about really heavy things, depression, suicide. So that was a really good group. I have another one um, called Tapping Into Your Talent, which actually is a, one of my modules in my course. Mm-hmm. But I, I changed it. Um, added it to this group idea and it's on September 11th on September 11th and it's a group for creatives to come on and sing um, show their poetry their creative outlet that helps them in their dark times so Um, I'm going to be on there sharing one of my um, published poet poems okay um, which will also be available on Amazon it's going to be in the turning point um, edition that's published by Eden and oh my god what is that company I can't think right now. One second. I always get it wrong. Eden and Eden and Oh my God. Can you bear with me for one second? I can. And I can resist the horrible joke I want to make. What were you going to (laughs) say? What is it on Anna (laughs) Minnie? What did she say? Never mind. Okay, here it is. So I had submitted the poet, the poem. I, I do love poetry. 
So I submitted it on, on Poet Poetry Nation, which you're allowed to do. And then they pick like finalists. Okay. And then if your poem like makes the cut, they put it in this like big edition and then they sell it on Amazon for people that love poetry. <gasps> cool. Um, but it's called Eber. I always say Eden. I get your joke now. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Eber and Wine Publishing. There you go. Okay. <laughs> So I'm excited because I got like my poem like in a plaque so I can give it to my kids one day and then I can buy the freaking book on Amazon Um, and there's a bunch of different poems in the book like I said so that's all that I have a lot going on. That is beautiful to have a lot going on. Good problems. (laughs) I'm going to slap all of your links into the notes (laughs) when this airs and so everybody can click away and go where they want to go. Um, so tell us, um, what type of relaxation, coping, breathing, whatever exercise you would like for us to do. I'm just going to do like a little less than 60 minute breathing exercise, but, um, I always kind of encourage these, um, as when I was doing therapy, um, even today for people that are just unfocused, struggling with anxiety, um, just overwhelmed. It's always good to either go in the bathroom or just even in your bedroom, even living room, I don't care where you are and set a quick timer. If you have the ability to do that, just 60 minutes, that's all you need. And really focus on your breathing because it actually, it's scientifically proven to counteract your diaphragmatic. Um, we have like a, our diaphragm does this all day. And with people that are super anxious, it's constantly like, uh, I'm forgetting people can't see me on this thing, but <laughs> when, when you're panting and trying to catch your breath, your diaphragm is working very hard. So when we slow down our breathing, we have control over that. And it's like the more air that you're, that enters in your diaphragm, we mm-hmm. slow, we end up slowing our heart rate down and our, everything that's um, in our central nervous system that kind of makes us feel super anxious gets reversed and starts calming down. Mm-hmm. So the key is to take like a full inhale through your nose, not your mouth. Okay. And hold it for like two, three seconds. And then exhale out of your mouth. So in through your nose, out through your mouth, we all kind of get that down. But like really being mindful to do it fully for like a minute and holding our breath in between. And it's crazy. Like you'll eventually start to feel your heart if it's doing the flutter. Mm -hmm. It's going to automatically start a normal heart rate. Like a little reset. I would just like. Reset submit my slight complaint for all of those and some of us sometimes who can't breathe through our nose sorry I know I get it (laughs) (laughs) it's really hard because when we get anxious we do we like try and control our breath when really we're not we're just doing like the whole like and then panic attacks which I hate by the way I get them too Mm -hmm. much um so (laughs) I just wanted to share that and if you have if you have a hard time focusing or like getting in the zone to do this you can set set the environment i guess so i tell people close your eyes and just picture somewhere that makes you feel safe um a beach your living room i don't know a garage i don't care but just close your eyes we'll do it together okay and kind of just set the scene and eliminate any distractions around you just kind of shut out the noise And then we're going to take a deep breath in through our nose. And you can inhale. And pause for a couple seconds and then exhale through your mouth. 
Inhale through your nose. And breathe out your mouth. Just kind of repeat that pattern a few times. And as you're doing that, we're not taking in any negativity. We're releasing all negative energy. And every breath kind of clears our, our space and our mind. You want to be able to hear your breath. So a few more breaths. You should start to feel your heart rate decrease a little bit. And anxiety just kind of fade away. feel my shoulders relaxing. Yeah. I often tell people to just kind of, when you're doing that, you should feel your limbs just take like this heavy heaviness off of you as you're getting more and more relaxed. You'll feel heavy, but it's a good heavy. Mm. Almost like your limbs just kind of like settling down. <laughs> so you can do this anywhere. I The position I always choose is usually on the floor. Like I'll just sit down, cross my legs. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also been at work where I've just gone in the bathroom and just shut the door and then I do it, <laughs> but I you just need a minute. That's all you need. And that gives you your, your control back in a sense. I love that. It was very relaxing. My shoulders are down, you know, they're all hunched up around my ears quite often. <laughs> so that was really nice. And I can see how it, it's so short. It's so brief. But I can see how sometimes you might need to have that self-awareness to stop yourself and say, you deserve and it's okay for you to literally abandon the world for one minute. <laughs> just go take care of yourself. Like they'll figure it out. It's just 60 seconds. You could you can you can stop and go take care of yourself for one minute. Yeah. And we have these like little traits. Um, like mine's is laughter. Like I use laughter in a lot of my awkward or high anxiety situations when mm -hmm. everything's not always funny, but that's what kind of works for me. Mm -hmm. um, but I think you should just embrace that when it's appropriate. Like, you know, not all the time we're gonna be able to like stop and like stop the world and like take our minute to breathe. But I can at least like, you know what, let me use my laughter right now. Like, you know, say something that's on my mind or just, I don't know, make things a little light. So whatever your like weird quirk is or something that makes you like adapt you know, a little easier, mm -hmm. just embrace that because we all have those things for a reason. That's all. I, I, I have levity in me sometimes. Maybe when it's not appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> my my best friend's house was on fire. And so, you know, the fire department, they saved her life, broke all the windows, blah. It was terrible. We're in the ambulance and she's just like covered in soot. And the ambulance person is talking to the fire department people and they're just like, 
okay, like, did you strike out? You struck out? And he was like, okay, that's great. And then when he gets off the phone, I was like, what the hell does strike out mean? Oh, my God. And he was like, it means we put the fire out. I was like, y'all need a new term. That do not sound good. My friend's over here dying and the house is on fire. You talking about we struck out. And she starts cracking up. Perfect. <laughs> so it's like, I know my levity is odd, but I try to use it when I can. <laughs> no, it's great. I just... I've been told, called out sometimes, you know, and I'm like, not everything has to always be so serious. You know, not, and I like my humor. It makes me feel comfortable and appropriate, like when I feel like it needs to do that. So, you know, we're not all meant to be cookie cutter, boring people. Embrace your quirks. So I love this. This is a fantastic conversation. I loved it too. Two different videos because no one's going to listen to us for an hour and a half, but (laughs) But I absolutely adore our budding relationship. Thank you so much, Crystal, for coming yes. on to the Peace with Piano podcast. <laughs> yes, thank you for having me. And I hope everyone gets a little something out of today. So I'm sure there'll be a, hopefully another segment. Can't wait till your new podcast is out. And I am so excited. I'm going to go listen to the intro, the first episode right now. <laughs> Yay. All right. Okay. You have a beautiful day. All right. You too. Bye. I really had a good time um, speaking with Crystal DeFeo. And if you'd like to hear us talk more about mental health and home health, please join us on our other platforms and adventures. You can find Crystal at truemes.com. That's T-R-U-E-M-E-S.com. Um, you can find me at designarose.com. Also on Instagram at, at designarose.interiors. Um, if you'd like to see more of these, please feel free to DM me and let me know on Instagram and we can do more beautiful bonus interviews like this. If you've enjoyed this episode and you like the podcast, please rate the podcast with five entire stars. (laughs) Um, subscribe and we can do more things like this and make our lives better. Let's find some peace. Thanks so much, Rosebud. Have a great day.